Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome to episode 33 of Breaking Free Authentically. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Becky Felstead, and she resides in Perth, Australia, where she is the host of The Resource. It's a podcast that discusses all things taboo around society and culture. In the workplace, society, and in every facet of the subject of sexual harassment, sexual assault, abuse, discrimination, sexual health, purity culture, and all things in between. Becky is a speaker and facilitator who engages in gracious conversations about hard topics. She's the director at Culture 101, where they deal with issues like sexual harassment and bullying in the workplace. So she is used to talking about topics that are not common and that are usually taboo. So this is just perfect for her. And we just met today and I'm so excited that um, I get to share our conversation together about life and relationships, love and sexuality. And we're calling this one, It Doesn't Have to Be Hard. So I hope you enjoy it. We're going to come back after these messages and we will get right into the conversation. So stick around for an amazing, fun conversation. Becky has great energy and we just had a lot of fun and it was just a really engaging conversation. So enjoy. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo. And how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I have always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. 
Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right for Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free from Monogamy eight-week program. That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e-b-e-d-a-r-d.com. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Becky Felstead, you are my guest today, and I'm so happy to meet you. Um, This is episode 33. And how ironic. I love that it's 33. Thank you. Yes. I like that number. <laughs> Perfect. You know, one of my favorites is, is uh, number three as well. Three, seven, and 25 are my favorite numbers. Double. We got the double today. I'll take you know, that. Interesting. Fat two plus five is seven. Seven is my one of my favorite numbers. And three. So. Yeah. And it's today, and this is like, oh, I feel like we've just had like a seven-hour-long chat already. In this I, know. I know. So, <laughs> okay, guys, you have to understand. So this is this is kind of my life, and this is why I talk about authenticity because this is how my world runs, right? I'm authentic. I made a, po- a post about looking for a guest on this podcast, uh, be a guest or find a guest podcast group that I'm in. And I was like, oh, I need a podcast guest quickly for this week because it has been a doozy of a week and I've still been sick. And you guys know last week my voice was a mess. It's getting a little better, but I wanted to do another podcast this week and not, you know, you know, leave you hanging because that's what it was getting to. I was just like not feeling up to it. It's just been rough. So anyways, this lovely girl, there was a whole bunch of messages. And then this girl, she wrote, oh, my gosh, yes. I'm so interested. And then she she friended me right away and wrote me a message. And then I wrote her back. And then I was like, oh, let's hop on a chat. Do you mind? She's like, no. So here I am in my PJs, basically. And it's morning for her in Australia. And um, we just got on a little messenger chat and we started talking. I was like, well, do you want to just record an episode now? This chat is so fun and we're having such a great time. So that's literally what we're doing. We just met and Becky's amazing. Hi, Becky. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel like we've just formed a friendship and um, I'm really excited that we get to actually have a chat and people get some insight into um, our crazy brains. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. Um, and again, that's back to the whole authenticity piece. Like, It's like I can just draw in the people that are supposed to be in my world when I just present things authentically in the way that I communicate, the way that I say things, people are like, oh, they resonate with that. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's interesting all the different connections that I make. And it's like I could choose to be afraid of making those connections or I could just tap in and I just jump in and and with both feet and go, okay, what is this about? What could I learn from this person? What do what do we have in common? And it's just so fun when you get someone else on the other side that's like, oh, let's do this. And and we just kind of jive and it's just awesome. And I know that we're gonna be friends for a long time because I can just tell, yeah. right? Like it's just- yeah. We formed so, a friendship and the, the podcast was an excuse in between that. Exactly. We're like, hey, why don't we just keep talking and we'll record it? <laughs> yeah, we'll press play and people can have a listen. And, and um, yeah, I love that. And I love that you put, reached out and and um, when we were going on the messenger being like, yeah, and what about this? And then what about that? I love when your energies met. Yeah. Yeah, that's always so beautiful. And uh, I'm learning that that's just 
a natural part of life if you let it. 100%. And I think, I think a lot, yeah, I think a lot of us think that has to be harder. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I pulled some cards yesterday saying that life gets to be easy. Like we've been conditioned to think that everything has to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually everything gets to be easy. And once you kind of make that switch, you're like, oh, it takes a little while though because you assume yeah. that everything has to be tough. Well, so, And that's exactly a perfect lead into what we're going to be talking about today, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. literally it doesn't have to be hard. So let's hang on that for a second. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do and then we're going to get back into that. Beautiful. I love that we're like, and let's start talking. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm Becky. I'm over here in Australia uh, where I have started a podcast called The Resource Podcast talking about all taboo topics, things that people uh, usually find discomfort in. And the first series, because of everything that was happening over in Perth, Western Australia, there was an inquiry into sexual harassment into the mining industry. And I started talking about workplace culture, harassment, assault and abuse in all capacities and having survivors, but also HR specialists, people in like a pragmatic conversation, but also people who've had the experiences, people who've been somebody who's used violence previously or, you know, I don't like to use the word perpetrator anymore because we get to move past uh, the experiences that we've had before. And now I have a company called Culture 101 where I go out and facilitate workshops depending on where companies or corporations or corporate are at in having that conversation within the workplace and helping people understand who they are, who they work with, and trusting themselves with boundaries and consent conversation. Mm. So this, what you do is so important, but I find it's, Sometimes corporate and and companies might not be in the the point where they're able to have that conversation yet, but I find it that's the basis of everything that I do. It's giving people what they want to give them what they need and, and open up this conversation. Yeah. Well, let's go back to what you said <clears throat> in terms of the, you know, life doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. And let's just talk about corporate for a second and and business, because we have been programmed to think that business and life and work has to be hard and hustle. You got to work, 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 work hard, no rest, you know, rest is weak and all those kinds of things. Um, And that has filtered into the way we live life. And then also the way that we see relationships. And so I, this week, was having many conversations on um, on Facebook with other business people and just talking about the difference between sort of that hustle mentality that we're trying to steer away from as, as entrepreneurs and business owners and accept sort of a more flow and aligned approach to work and trusting our intuition and and really figuring out what it is that we desire at the core and working as effortlessly and joyously as we can to make that happen. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. That is exactly what I'm doing with relationships. And they were like, oh, I get it. So as much as I am normalizing ethical non-monogamy and trying to normalize choices in your relationship styles and designing the lifestyle that you want, what I really want people to do is to understand that relationships and love and sex don't have to be hard. (laughs) They don't have to be what we've been taught. And so we have so much disappointment and frustration when it comes to relationships and the way we see relationships because we've been programmed to think that it has to be a certain way or that we have to have this or that has to meet this need. We have to find our soulmate or this or that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, And just the fact that we're across the world from each other. 
what I think it's a 12 hour difference. It's 10.54 here. Sorry, uh, 13 hours. 13 hours. Okay. So 13 hour difference. Um, you're across the world. And yet when we were talking earlier, we realized that it's very much the same programming, whether you're religious or not religious. And I grew up very religious, which I told you, and I don't know what your background was. Did you grow up very religious? So there was always something there. My dad was uh, from a Catholic family that wasn't necessarily practicing a lot. Mum had something, a belief, but I actually grew up in a really body positive autonomy household where we'd go to rainbow gatherings where there'd be like a lot of nudity and it wasn't sexual, but it was accepting. And then mum, through her experiences that she had, she was looking for something constantly. She went down the road uh of being you know rasta kind of as well and then she went down the road of being a born again christian and that's where she resides now and really heavily heavily into christianity and so i've been lucky that i've got i've been able to witness that yeah and it's mum doesn't know who her dad is so i feel like it's been this search for something and for a father and i can see for her it has helped her because in christianity you have or in a lot of religions that are father right you have a father you have a father that you get to speak to loves you unconditionally yeah and i can see through uh all of when it comes to mental health challenges or things that have happened in her life she she that's her north star yep and while sometimes it may seem a little bit crazy i'm grateful for her for having that even though it's kind of broken up our Fam as well I, I see that she is happy in that I wouldn't be happy in that but like I was saying I've been really lucky to to witness her journey through all of those things and when my I was being shaped as a human it was quite solid mum and dad were still together and we'd go to these rainbow gatherings and it was a beautiful upbringing it was kind of later that there was uncertainty and mental health and stuff like that mm-hmm. so when, when I was being formed I think that's why I'm a kind and good person is I was able to see all of that when when I was uh, growing up in that capacity. Interesting. And and it's like just to go with that, because my family is very born, born again Christian and my mom grew up Catholic and then she came to Christ and she became born again. So very similar. And to her, the Lord, her father, heavenly father is everything to her and she doesn't even know where she would be without him. Right. So that's fine. Like if that's what I, I I don't need to change her mind about it. And the, the, it was really, really tough for a long time. So it's been 10 years since I've left the faith, um, that particular faith. Right. And, um, I deconverted and it just broke her heart. Cause she just couldn't like to her that saved her. That was her everything. And I had never known anything different, right? Like I just grew up in that. And so my programming is very much the Christian programming and the, what the Bible said, or at least what people said the Bible said, right? <laughs> like the, that interpretation of the Bible. And, um, and it's interesting that, you didn't have that yet you're still a loving caring person right and and from my perspective as a christian that was impossible like you are an impossibility because you didn't have christ growing up i don't have christ and i'm going to be going to hell unless i'm saved and i start exactly just like it's the the us and them kind of understanding that religion unfortunately and it's humans who've created that you know in this it's clearly been around for thousands and thousands of years and been changed by so many people and infiltrated by by humans well it was created by humans I believe there was a good dude called Jesus who did some cool things at some point who you know I feel like there's a lot of people in the world who show up in what sounds like Jesus did back in the day. There were miracles and there was manifestation and there was magnetism and he was a good human dude. Um, But, yeah, it's an interesting spin on how humans have, like, you know, 
just put their dirty hands on it. Like, just leave it alone. It's pure. We're good. We're good humans. We get to just be good humans and there's no rules around it. You get to be whoever you want. And actually the basis of being a good human means that it's none of your business what anybody else is actually doing. And and I think religion in every capacity has rules in place. I think it comes from a pure place where they wanted to give people guidance because I think sometimes, depending on what human you are, what human design you are, what personality you are, some people need those uh that, that that guidance and I've definitely had times in my life where I've needed that guidance but um yeah it's then humans tyrants who've kind of put their dirty hands on it yeah. and and made rules that are don't, don't kind of work and like you were saying before about relationships and and work and and um everything like that I think everything that you learn on the outside of work it's interesting that what the the work that I'm doing and potentially the work that you're doing is taking me into corporate because I think it's like teaching humans about boundaries and consent and understanding what they want and what they love and what they don't love because you can't learn something and then switch it on and off like some people can but Mm -hmm. you can't you, you don't learn things and then switch it on and off so what you learn in the workplace often filtrate infiltrates into your life and then vice versa so it's like you know, the work that you're doing is so important to workplaces, whether you go into a workplace or not, because each workplace is built up of human beings. So if we create good human beings who understand themselves, who are forgiving in themselves and not judgmental of themselves and other people, mm-hmm. then the world is going to be better. And if that's in a relationship sense or in a sexual sense, mm-hmm. it's like we're creating this, you know, ecosystem of greatness where people can just easily show up as themselves and that makes my heart so happy to see that you know the what I'm thinking in my brain going oh I wish we had this or I need to talk about this that's obviously the thought process that's going on all the way across the world Mm -hmm. as well and and you know COVID was a blessing in that capacity because we all had to spend time with ourselves and our thoughts and see the world at its worst and then at its best Mm -hmm. and um, kind of go, where do I want to be? How do I fit into this? Mm -hmm. Am I doing what I want to do? Am I being who I want to be? Am I around people who I want to be around? (laughs) Exactly. Do I need to make changes here? And, yeah, it was a huge – and, like, so – COVID, everything shut down here in Canada, uh, March 16th of 2020. And April 1st, my ex-husband and I separated. So, like, literally, COVID just upheaved my whole life. My music business, I had 40-plus students teaching voice and piano and accompanying and leading a choir. All of that just kind of whoop came to a standstill because singing was dangerous. <laughs> All of a sudden, no singing, no breathing around to people. And here we are. I'm now separated, and now I'm stuck in lockdown with the very person that I've been with for, you know, 23 years. And and now we're we're, like, having to adjust to a new normal. I mean, it was just so much learning and growth. It's like everything just turned on its head and it was like, okay, I have time to journal. I have time to process. I have time to think what is my programming and what has it been? And your self-counseling, like when do you when do you ever get the opportunity to do that? It's like you have to go internal sometimes, but you would never you'd always search externally for that kind yeah. of thing yeah and being in the same household as each other what after I feel like sometimes with breakups and and I wasn't there for your breakup and I don't want to assume what it was like or how hard it was the lead up in and the decision making of that that's going to be what happens is usually the hardest part when you make the decision and you both go yes we're separated it's like a, a weight's been lifted mm-hmm. and you could what was it? I'm so intrigued. Like, yeah. what was it like in the lead up, and then what was it like afterwards, being in the same house, knowing that you'd made that decision with each other mutually? So the lead up was really tough because it goes back to the programming, right? Like, I was like, 
marriage was everything to me. And I was so bound and determined to have a marriage that lasted forever. And that was an example. And that was a great marriage. And we had a good marriage for the most part, but neither of us were actually ourselves. We were like a fragment of what we, and I'm not going to speak for him. It's not my story to tell, but from my side, I had always been told how to behave, how to think, you know, what to eat, when to go to sleep, what to wear, what's modest, what's not modest, how to behave, what, you know, what was okay sexually and not okay. You know, don't, your body is your husband's, so it's not your own. You need to think about your your husband and your future and uh, masturbation is wrong, blah, 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 all this stuff. So like, even though I had not been, you know, in the church anymore for, for several years, when this all took place, I, I found myself like really examining what that pro- programming was and why, why the depression was so big, because I just, I was sex positive at that point, And I, I, had a lot of autonomy and I understood who I was and stuff, but there was a piece of me that kept basing my worth on how my husband saw me or, or how I perceived his love for me. And if he didn't love me or he, if he didn't want to fight for this, for instance, that meant that I wasn't worthy. And that, belief kept creeping up, even though I knew it wasn't true, right? Like I knew I had done so much work about unprogramming, but I was still stuck with this. And so I really had to unpack, like, what are my core beliefs? What are my core beliefs? Because I feel like most of my core beliefs are pretty awesome, pretty good. I pretty much had a handle on a lot of things. I wasn't a very jealous person. I wasn't, um, I was pretty even keeled. Like I didn't just overreact about everything and and assume everybody hates me. You know, like I had some pretty basic healthy core values and core beliefs, I thought, but I didn't realize how much even the societal programming take away religion. So I had left the religious programming behind most of it that I that I thought I could that I had worked through. But what remained was the societal programming and I don't think any of us realize how much the religious programming informs the societal programming. Oh, 100%. All the laws and legislations are based around religion. Yeah. Yeah. And and those who are not religious are like, oh, well, no, I don't, I don't need to, you know, I'm not religious. I'm not caught up in that. Well, okay. So do you have a belief, you know, that, that, marriage and relationships is somehow a bit of a fairy tale like you grew up with all the same disney movies that i did you know like what that was ingrained in us as a society whether you believed it or not there's some that don't and some that do but in the back of a a little girl's mind you know to be a princess and to be rescued by the prince like this was the programming that we had and there's a lot of, you know, feminists that tried to really overcome that and, and to really switch that dynamic for girls. And so there's a lot of women and a lot of girls now growing up that are like empowered and like, yeah, I don't need a man for this or that. But, right. But then it's like, I feel like we've swung the pendulum pendulum to yeah. the other side where it's like, oh, well, I don't need anybody. I'm just, you know, fine by myself. And it's like, we are still communal beings. We still have needs and desires and we still desire connection. And if we don't even know how to authentically connect intimately with people, how are we ever going to connect intimately with a partner forever? You know, like we're all coming at it with these expectations that are so unrealistic. So let's just name a few of those. Like what are some you know, some ideas about relationships that you thought growing up? Well, 
I've had a, a, a toxic belief that I only acknowledged in my, like recently that I've been searching for somebody who I'm going to stay with forever, who's going to support me through the work that I choose to do, as well as having children, as well as provide security, as well as understand that I might want to provide security as well, and that I've had a life that I've been living. And that is so much pressure. I think I had an understanding now in this last kind of few months that I've been looking for this Mr. Perfect going out there and I'm not perfect, 100%. I can't necessarily provide all those things by myself, but also that's a lot of pressure to put on myself and somebody else that we have to grow old together. That would be nice. But I think I've missed out on a lot of opportunities with partners previously that could have potentially been you know, a a beautiful partnership, potentially a marriage and some children, if that's what I wanted, because I didn't feel like it was going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And I put pressure on myself that those two things have to be forever. Whereas Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing in my, you know, my 30s and being 36 now is people who've had all of that, the marriage and the children, and then they're breaking up, they've got an amicable relationship, Mm -hmm. and then they've got relationships with other people and it's still okay. Whereas because I came from a broken, you know, my, my mum and dad had broken up, I think I was like, I want anything but that. Like I want to make sure that we stay together. And because of that pressure, I think that I have, I've really, I don't regret anything whatsoever and, and I trust that where I am is where I'm I'm supposed to be and the lessons that I've learned are, were for me. But I do see upon reflection that I've gone, if this isn't going to be forever, then it's not going to be for now at all. Like, And I've ended those relationships or things haven't worked out because they're not meeting me where I'm at in that moment. And I really would love to have children and it hasn't worked out. Um, I've had two terminations and like a year and a half ago, I had I fell pregnant to the partner that I was with I was so excited, so excited, and it was there was a lot of red flags in that relationship, and I kind of pushed them all aside, and the universe, source, God, whatever you believe in or nothing, had other plans because I had an ectopic pregnancy, mm-hmm. and it was like, so trigger warning, it was like a traumatic, you know, we were in and out, two hours, went in there, had my fallopian tube taken out, and still have things to do with that, and it was not meant to be, but I realized that I had been clinging on to what society had been telling me that I need to create, that I'd almost ruined my own fun with relationships because I'd put so much pressure into the future mm. that I wasn't living in the present. Yes. My relationships. And while I, I feel like I showed up pretty well in those relationships, there were definitely parts where I didn't. And there were definitely parts where I was bringing toxicity of my expectations on someone and what they should be and and also on myself and what I should be and that I wasn't showing up in that capacity mm. so yeah and I and I I really judged myself that I had been with multiple people in my time and we had this started to have this conversation previously before we were on the mm. podcast that I really judged myself and I didn't allow myself to have a friends with benefits mm. I would have you know uh intimate one night stands with people that I knew and with hope that they would love me and stay with me forever mm-hmm. and I I showed up in a way that I I don't believe if I had sexual freedom and and I trusted myself more and I could communicate my boundaries and what I liked and what I didn't and I mm-hmm. could show up in my desires and my fantasies I I believe that I would have maybe had different relationships and like I said I don't don't wish it away but I want that for you know the the young men and the young women who are coming up so that they can communicate what they want and be okay with it and sometimes like when I was 24 I thought I was gay because I was having fantasies about women so I ended up being with a woman and I did it once I finally did it I was like oh no that's not for me at all like (laughs) I was like, too soft. No, that's not me. And I went through this process of thinking I was actually gay when actually I'm just Becky. There's no labels. I had a desire to do that. I acted on the desire and what I thought I was, I wasn't. 
because I'd put so much pressure on myself that I have to be this or that instead of just being myself. Yeah. Well, and I think like, again, that's the idea of the flow, right? Like allowing, allowing life to kind of flow and being able to accept the things that come into our lives. And so I think we often, we've been taught to see relationships with like a scarcity model, right? Like, like there's only one person for you and you have to find the right one and then it has to last forever or it's not worth your effort. And I feel like what a shame now my life is so rich and so beautiful because I literally can make connections with people. I'm not out there seeking connections. They literally come to me because I'm not desperately needing to fill something. I'm not desperately needing to fill a void or or to check off the next box on the list, right? Like, okay, this person, okay, but if I get to know them, then, you know, I have to be sexually attracted to them too. And then I also have to make sure that we have the same values. And then I also have to make sure that we're going to be able to be in a committed relationship. And then I also have to make sure it's going to last forever or I don't want to invest that time. Well, if that was the case, I'd be missing out on so many beautiful connections that I have because I can literally just connect with someone on the level of connecting and getting to know someone. And then the next step will show itself. And I can choose from there whether I'm going to go with that or not. And I I just think it it allows for such rich dimension. Like there, there's a partner that I had recently and we were friends. Um, and then we had like a, a sexual connection for a bit. And then that helped to teach a lot of wonderful things and it was a wonderful connection. And then they decided they, they met someone else and they decided to make a shift and, and, you know, put their energy in somewhere, someone else. And that was perfectly fine. And we're still great friends and like, we could still cuddle if we wanted or, or whatever. And we, we just get each other. And like, we have like sort of a soul connection as people because the point wasn't to figure out if we could have a relationship forever. It was to be open to each other's essence, I'm going to say, you know. Yeah. and what you're going to teach each other. Yeah. Like saying if you're with some people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And understanding that, you know, you don't have to hold on tight to someone. Somebody might just be there for to teach you one lesson and then they're gone. And enjoying that in the present moment. That's hard as a human. It is. And the thing is, if you learn to enjoy that in the present moment, it probably will create other present and pleasant moments. Whereas if we're like, okay, well, you didn't call me and now we're dating and like you were supposed to call me because a boyfriend does this and there's this expectation now and da, 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 da. Then what we're essentially doing is we're actually pushing the people away that we love because we have these unrealistic rules and expectations that society has has taught us right so okay now we've crossed over from just being friends now we're friends with benefits well what does that mean we got to define that well what if it just means that if it works out it works out if we if we have fun we have fun if not you know what if we just enjoy being together and that's just the point if it develops into that great if not great okay then let's say we decide, oh, this is a beautiful connection and let's see where this goes even more. Actually, now I have some feelings for you and I, I actually have love for you. Um, the whole tension of like, what do we do with this and what do we label it and how, what does this look? And well, now we're in love. Um, does that mean that now you're committed to me and only me? And, you know, then that changes everything because all of a sudden we inadvertently put someone in a box and nobody thrives in a box you got to poke holes in it at least yeah people need air yeah and we need to get to choose we need to get to choose so like my my partner and I we live two two hours apart and um we just have such an incredible relationship because we literally choose each other every day. 
we choose to text each other. There's no expectation of it. Like if I don't message first thing in the morning, nobody's getting mad about it, right? Like, but you can be sure that I'm getting a message when they wake up or when I have time, then I'm messaging too because we get to give to each other's lives on a daily basis. There's not the expectation of it. There's not the rule of it. And we're not married. We don't live together. Um, There's not like a prescribed rule of how this looks. And we get to create it day by day. And it's it's been a few years now and, and it's beautiful and um, we're each other's safe places, you know, and we are continually growing and there's times when all of a sudden the old programming goes, Oof, okay, well, we're not the same. We're not exactly in the same place, you know, uh, like personal development wise or this or that, or, you know, what about this? And, da, 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 da. and then I, I, I'm self-sabotaging or I'm sabotaging the relationship in my mind already. And I'm like, why am I doing that? He's like one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And I get to be me and he loves me for who I am completely. And I don't have to pretend to be anything that I'm not with him. Yet all of a sudden, oh, if we're not like eating the same things or if we're not like on the same page for this little thing, then then like I should call it quits because maybe that's not going to be long-term. That's not going to work. I mean, we can put all these restrictions on us and, and we can decide from the beginning that it's not going to work and there, and it's going to be true. <laughs> Whatever we decide isn't going to work, isn't going to work. Yeah. Because you've, yeah, because you've manifested it and magnetized that and that's your belief that you're like holding on to. And that, that's the thing with your story and, and like things that have happened. You get to hold on to whatever you want to hold on to. If you want to make, if you want to receive the same things, hold on to the story that happened before and talk about that every time. I, I, I remember like going out on dates with people and wanting them to know me and know all about me and my past relationships so they know how I've been hurt before so that they don't hurt me in that capacity again. But I'm like holding on to a story and bringing that story into the current and the present and it will happen again because I brought it there. I gave it permission. We're almost setting the stage for it, right? Like we think, oh, well, this person's going to hurt me the same way. I better tell them how not to hurt me because – we almost expect that same thing to happen again. And also on that same note, like we've been taught that, you know, when we go on dates, you put your best foot forward and you hope that someone likes you for who you are. And you're like, oh, I got to, you know, be good at engaging in conversation and I got to do this and I got to say the right things and blah, 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 blah. Well, what if we flip that around and we're like, if I'm going on a date, I'm the one shopping, (laughs) I'm the one who gets to decide if I even like the person across the table from me. And I don't have to worry about if they like me back. Because first, I got to decide if I even like them. You know, and if they're worried about me liking them, they're going to be saying all the right things, quote unquote, and all these things. They're not going to be authentic. But when two authentic people come together and they're just seeking with curiosity about the other person and wanting to understand how someone is or what they think or this or that, it doesn't matter what the words are because there's no right or wrong answer. It's just getting to know someone. It's being curious and not sitting there in fear of what they might be thinking or fear of what you might say wrong or fear of this or that. When you accept who you are authentically and you step into your power of authenticity and accept your desires as being okay and you don't shame those desires, you don't shame your thoughts, all of a sudden you get to be your true self and be like, um, this is who I am and this is who you'd be signing up for. And do you even like that person? Because I want to know who that person is in front of me. I want to know what they're all about. Because in a very short amount of time, you and I have figured out that we click and we connect. There's no pretenses. There's no, you know, we just showed up to the table authentic. Here's who I am. Here's who I am. Boom. Do we connect? Awesome. Yes. 
But we have so much fear in relationships because we're taught that such a scarcity model. 100%. And also, I think what's really important is that we haven't been brought up to fight, to understand who we are. Yeah. So you can't come authentically ever no. if you actually don't know who you are and what you like and you haven't been able to discover that because society hasn't created a safe space for us to explore actually legitimately who we are. They've let us explore who we are within limitations and within bound like boundaries that they've set, but not within our own. So if you're going on a date with people and you're wanting to show up authentically, that's you're hoping that that person has kind of some understanding of who they are so they can show up authentically mm-hmm. and so that you can show up authentically. And I don't know about anybody else who's listening, but some days I can show up authentically as myself and other days I I feel like I'm incapable of it, depending on where I am in my cycle, depending on, you know, what's happening in life. And I, I sometimes see myself be somebody different, mm-hmm. not on purpose because I'm trying to fit in. It's just there's different facets of me depending on what day it is, what's happening, you know, like, but for the most part, I think I have, I think I have a good understanding of, of who I am. And I sometimes get fearful when it comes to the dating that I've been told by friends and family and acquaintances who are in relationships, you know, or even by society right now, that the narrative is like we were talking about before how you know the independence of a woman and how that's threatening and how um women are in this masculinity and and we're fearful that that men are going into this femininity and that they're being you know like pussies and you know just show up like oh we don't have to cry we're losing what it is to be a man and we're losing what women's ideals are and how women should show up and how men should show up it's like no we're we're changing and growing and it's going to look really intimidating to people that we want women to be this masculine and independent and like oh you women independent throw your hands up at me yeah. and like that we you know we've got our own money we've got our own house we've got our own ideals of what it looks like we can change our oil, own oil on our car and we can shop like I'm I'm happy to stop doing all of that when I meet my somebody who can allow me to fall into my feminine. I'm ready to go into my <laughs> feminine. I haven't necessarily met somebody who's comfortable to be in their feminine and masculine at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take away from you what it is to be a, a man and the ideals that we've been brought up with. But if you're not if you're not that and you don't resonate with that, but there's parts of being a man and I, I've figured out I'm heterosexual and I am, I have explored before and mm. I may explore again. And I was going to say this about monogamy. I, I, I have a desire to be with one person because I haven't, I've been as not a serial monogamous, but I've had relationships before, but I've also been, you know, I've had, uh, not polyamorous because it haven't been relationships, but I've explored and I probably haven't explored enough. But that's also okay too, you know, like having that exploration and understanding that you'd just want that one person, that's also okay. If you've explored that that's actually what you want and society hasn't, you know, made you feel like that's what you have to be and you're comfortable in that. And I say that all the time. Like I don't want anybody to think that monogamy is not, Monogamy is not the problem, you know? The reason why I call my program Breaking Free from Monogamy is because we're in this monogamy-only mindset, and that's the only way that, like, everybody defaults to monogamy, and they look down on anybody who's not monogamous, like there's something wrong with them. But really, they have, like, these secret desires. How many people are cheating? It is not an accident that people are cheating they're not just shitheads (laughs) you know people don't go into a relationship going oh i want to cheat no they have desires that they're not able to express and so then they dwell on it and the shame cycle develops and then you hide everything and then it becomes this all-consuming thing and then you hide and you lie and you end up cheating 
because there's no safe way to express this. Well, what if we could just say, hey, I want to be monogamous, but hey, I also have these desires every once in a while. Okay, great. Let's talk about that. Let's have a safe place to express that. And then you don't have to go and act on those desires because you have a safe place to be able to not feel like that's a a problem to have fantasies or desires. We're human. What you do with those desires is a choice. 100%. And that you're in a partnership where you've both explored enough to know that you are both in a monogamous relationship and you're not with somebody who actually is, you know, wants to explore different, you know, like I, I feel like what we lack and what we've lacked previously and what definitely the world is getting better with is having the conversation with yourself, explore having those explorations mm-hmm. to come back and go, that wasn't for me, this was for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I didn't enjoy that. And then this is who I that this is who I am. I might change and I like allow myself to do that. And the hope that whoever you partner up with, if that's one person or several or that they also have that understanding and it's a consensual thing that there's no, you know, one person isn't in a monogamous relationship with somebody who isn't, doesn't want to be monogamous. Yeah. They've had that conversation. So you're meeting people where they're at in their and truth instead of what exactly. society is talking about. And I do talk about like, I've talked about like the five-year marriage or, or and so the relationship redesign is is one of my, one of my offerings. And and it's like the idea that, you know, we're willing to redesign our homes on a regular basis, but this most important relationship that's supposed to last forever, nobody redesigns the contract of that. Nobody revisits what the terms and agreements are, you know, and Mm -hmm. we change. I got married at 22 and I'm, I'm 47 now. Like I am not the same person that I was 25 years ago. You know, so much about me has changed. And for for us to expect that the marriage that we had at 22 is never going to change and shift, you know, is is irresponsible for one because you're just setting yourself up to fail. Again, you have a choice as to how you actually play this out. It doesn't mean you have to be non-monogamous if you have a desire to explore you can just have a desire to explore and have novelty and you can actually just fantasize with each other within your marriage. But for goodness sakes, have a conversation about it. But the thing is, the way we're programmed is we're not supposed to have these conversations because a good person or a good marriage won't need to have those conversations. I'm not enough to my partner if they're noticing other women. Women are beautiful. I'm straight and I notice beautiful women. It doesn't mean anything. Then it's the story that I create around it that that decides we have the we have the potential to decide our actions, you know, and I think that we've all been told that no, we can't explore once we're married. Well, you can. You can do it ethically and honestly if you choose to and if you want to and you both consent to that. That is a discussion you can have. So let's figure out what it is that you are, that who you are. Have some time to really think about that. And if it's a matter of going out and exploring before you make that decision, then do that and find out what it is that you like. But even if you were married at a young age, and you're in a marriage, you don't have to leave that marriage in order to open up your mindset. Because how beautiful is it to be in partnership with someone and to give them the freedom to be themselves, to have their own thoughts, their own desires, and to you not police what it is that they do and say and what they owe you, and that they don't have to be jealous if someone else looks at you, that they don't have to be fly off the handle if someone you know or if you if you look at someone or if they look at sorry i'm getting all confused here but like you know jealousy doesn't equal love but we've been taught that and 
jealousy is a natural thing. And if that comes up and you do decide to be non-monogamous, that's also normal. And just learning all these things and to be able to, to learn, then unlearn the programming and then relearn a new way of thinking is just going to improve your relationships and, and provide relationship success in the future. Because just like releasing the pressure on us as entrepreneurs to just hustle, 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 work for, you know, 80 hours a week. And, you know, the idea that if I take a break when I'm frustrated and I'm not producing and I have trouble thinking, if I go and give myself permission to take a break and I love myself enough to not judge myself for that, I can guarantee that when I come back to my work, my brain all of a sudden is kicking out ideas again and I've got a new way to reframe something and I can think through a problem that I just couldn't, had no capacity for because I took a break. The same thing happens when we give space to our partners in our relationships. We can create very beautiful, intimate connections. And you can even have intimate, beautiful connections and love multiple people or have sex with multiple people. And I I live it every day, you know, like my partner sometimes has other partners. Sometimes I have other partners and like we cherish each other more than I've ever, like there's just such a beautiful connection that we have. And and that's the other thing is like, you know, when you go on a date, like sometimes people's energy match your energy, you know, or, or you feel calm around people and you can be yourself more. Well, those are your people, right? So like invest in that kind of exploration of getting to know the people that you feel the safest with just automatically. We don't always have to work so hard at a relationship to make sure that, you know, we always communicate just right and this and that. I mean, sometimes it can just flow. (laughs) It can. It doesn't mean it's always going to be simple every day, but in general, that's a beautiful quality to have, you know? Yeah. And commitment to to all of us being on that journey that we have to, it's commitment to ourselves to create a good human within ourselves so that we can recreate a good society. We don't have ownership on anybody else to be on that journey except for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I had a client today and, and one of the things I said is like, you get to decide what's in it for you. Like if you decide that non-monogamy, that you want to go on that journey and you want to accept that, you get to go, if I do this work and and unprogram and, and shift this thing, like, is there anything for me in that model? Like, am I attracted to anything in that? Or am I just doing that for someone else to please someone else? Because at the end of the day, we all get a choice. Like, you know, we we don't just shift our mindset for someone else. (laughs) We have to want to genuinely love ourselves and and see a side of ourselves and and find out what our true desires are and how that affects our sexuality and, and releasing the pressure on ourselves. And, and when we can be whole as a person then we can come when we come to a relationship as a whole person. It doesn't mean you're like independent and unwilling to let someone help you. Being whole means that you're able to give and able to receive because you're not threatened by receiving. That doesn't diminish your worth, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your beautiful feminine side. And then when you give, you can give honestly and not because you're just trying to. Yeah, again, pleased to have your worth, you know, met. Anyways, we could go on and on and on and on, I'm sure. Is there anything that you would like to add to this? Anything that pops out? Um, I might have to go soon. Yeah, I know. I do too. Um, (laughs) You have to go to bed. I know. Um, I have to go to bed. You have to go to work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, is yeah no i think the understanding that we're all on a on a journey and that you might not show up perfectly uh you might not be able to show up as who you are authentically 
who you're going to be. You might mm-hmm. be able to show up as who you are right right now and that might change. Um, and that, yeah, it's a journey. We're not, we haven't arrived. None of us have arrived at where we're going to be forever. And to forgive yourself, the best thing is communication with yourself and understanding yourself. So so long as you're on that journey yourself, that's all, that's all you can do. And you can hope that other people are going to communicate with you on the same capacity and that they're going to show up sexually, authentically within a relationship, in a workplace environment. Um, once you start what I learned, my, truth just comes out of my mouth. It wasn't a thing that I that I do on purpose. But I realized that once you are in your truth, truth just flows. So you the, you can't switch it on and off depending on who you're with and what you're doing. So get try your very best to, you know, constantly always be in your truth and then that will be the state that you're in all the time mm-hmm. and your relationships your work life your life your everything will show up in that capacity and um I'm definitely still on the journey I haven't got my personal my people I've got I've got epic relationships when it comes to family and friends um and I'm still getting out of that mindset that this person has to be my forever person mm-hmm. but it's a journey and I and I'm I'm on it I'm here for it I'm mm-hmm. I'm here for it so much well if this is if this is helpful at all I tell people even in a marriage in a friendship in a relationship like if you look at any of your romantic relationships as friendships what would you expect from a friend mm-hmm. You know, like we can have such great girlfriends or or just friends that there's no romantic attachment to because we don't have an expectation from them. And if we can just embrace even our romantic relationships in that way, we're not going to be upset with them for not reading our mind at the end of the day. Because if we were with a friend, we would just be like, hey, I need a hug. We would ask yeah. for it with no, there, that wouldn't mean anything to have to ask for that. We wouldn't expect them to know that. But all of a sudden your forever person is supposed to know those things or they don't really love you. And it's a constant test. So if we just think about how can I be a great friend to everyone and just allow friendships to develop and grow to whatever potential that they have, that becomes such a beautiful easy aligned way to live and it's so valuable and and it's it just takes so much stress away you know from from relationships because relationships are meant to heal and help us grow and help us just be and when we connect with the right people and we have our tribe it's just life is just so amazing right like we're just not taught that Anyways, so we'll leave it at that. But I would love for you to share, um, you know, your links so that I can put them on social media. And we'll have to, or, sorry, on in the show notes to your social media and your podcast and things like that. And um, is there any, like, courses or is there anything that you're working on right now that that people might be interested in, you know, your services or anything like that? Well, so we've just launched our website. So it's www.culture101.co and we facilitate workshops, whether it's a person um, like archetype profiling to figure out who you're working with, who you are and in that capacity in a really human kind of level. Mm-hmm. And we do workshops around workplace culture, harassment, what it is, what it's not, and then creating good culture. And you can find me on Becky Felstead on Instagram uh, as well to have a conversation. And the resource podcast is where I have all of these conversations in depth. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, and I would always love people's feedback. And I feel like we're going to stay connected and we're going to be yes, having these. Sure. <laughs> Forever now. Forever. So. <laughs> Forever. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and having such a great, expansive conversation and the journey that you're on as well. Oh well, thank you for being here and thank you for joining last minute. I so I so love that. And uh what a wonderful, real, authentic conversation that we were able to have. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key.
Amen, sister. I 100% agree. Awesome. Go forth and authenticize for the day. Beautiful. Go be authentic. (laughs) Thank you so much. Love you, girl. It was so nice to meet you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Honestly, what a lovely, fun conversation with her. Isn't she great? I just think it's so much fun to make connections and find people that have the same values and that you can just have these kinds of discussions with and just be so open. I love that about my life and I want that for everyone. I want you guys to really understand sort of the depth of intimacy that you can have with people when you shift that programming and really open yourself up to different ways of thinking and just have an open mind. Being sex positive has been life-changing for me and the breaking down of the programming that I grew up with has just been so freeing and I want that for all of you. So I'm glad you enjoyed, well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, but I'm glad you were here to listen and be a part of this conversation Um, I hope you come back next week and listen to more great conversations. I'm going to have a pretty awesome lineup lately um, because a lot of people responded to that post and there's some really cool people in the lineup. So I'm very excited, booked a lot of um, interviews today. So we're just going to have some great conversations. So stay tuned and come back and listen to all of them. I just want to remind you that the next cohort of Breaking Free from Monogamy is planning to start March 1st. So go check it out. Do the Is Monogamy Right for Me quiz and find out if you, you know, if this program would be right for you and if it's something that you want to look into. I think everyone should take this program. It's just so life changing and incredible. But Um, I want you to see for yourself if it's something that is right for you. So go take the quiz and then click the link at the bottom and go check out what the course is all about, what this program is all about. I would love to see you guys come and join me and let's, let's just get to it. Let's talk and let's break free from this programming and just transform our lives. Just click the link in the show notes or go to offers.kareenbedard.com and it'll take you to the quiz and the link to the program. Or you can book a call with me. Any of those things are available on that page. The links are also available in my bio on Instagram. So I'm going to let you go. Have an amazing week. I love you all. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember... When it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.